Hi, I'm Michaela from Columbus, and I would absolutely recommend 3C. Because the accident wasn't my fault, 3C stepped in to handle the other person's insurance company, so I didn't have to do a thing. While they were fixing up my bumper, they actually fixed up a few of the scratches that were there, and now it looks brand new. I would totally recommend 3C to my friends and family, and I have been. <laughs> 3C Potty Shop, the Pharmacy Collision Repair. Hey guys, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions, like how do I record an episode? How do I get my show into the apps all the people like to listen to? And how do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of these questions is really simple. It's called Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and extremely easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I've been using Anchor now for, oh, almost a year, and I really enjoy it. It's a lot easier than any of the other podcast apps I've ever tried. And again, it's free, guys. It really is free. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, so if you want to get started on a podcast and making money doing it, then go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start. Anchor, the best way to podcast. Yeah. This is the Ranger Report Podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now... Here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman. Experience the joy of watching your friends and family's faces light up when you feed them wild game you harvested and made them delicious sausages. Or meat you barbecue and grill with the finest seasonings available. Visit our friends at Waltons.com to find everything you need to turn wild game into tasty meat snacks or spice up your barbecue with new flavors and seasonings. With over 500 seasonings to choose from, there's something that everyone will love. They even have step-by-step videos and how-to articles at Meatistics to help you go from animal to edible. Use coupon RANGERS15 at checkout to save 15% on your first order at Waltons.com. Waltons, everything but the meat. One of the main reasons that CJ wanted you to come on was so he could argue with you about John Daniels. So what I'm going to do at this point is turn it over to you and CJ, and I'm going to sit back and enjoy the conversation. So CJ has some things to say <laughs> about John Daniels, and I'm going to see how this turns out. So CJ, take it away, buddy. Uh, it probably won't be much of an argument, but more of a conversation about <laughs> oh, where my we stand. Gosh. No. <laughs> All right. No, 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 no. We've we've been building this up a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm a I'm the guy. It's 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 hard to say so many years afterwards, but I'm a guy that completely thought. And I sent you the story. I'm not just saying this now. Years later, I wrote it back then in 2014 that I thought it was the wrong decision if they were choosing one of the two, which it seemed that's what what the case was to everything that we've been we were fed on the outside. But that was the wrong decision. And letting Nolan Ryan go may had started a downturn 
And maybe even a curse is what I put in the article, even though that was that was mainly just for clicks. I'll go ahead and admit. But no, it just I thought it was a horrible decision. And um, I understand also where you're coming from, though, with everything still being blamed on J.D. that happens now when he's not the one doing the GM stuff. Although it'd be you'd be foolish to say that he didn't have a hand. I will. Yeah. yeah, So I've got some I've. I've definitely got some things to, to say about that too, because there's a lot of people that think that he's not involved or he's not very involved because right. he's not the jam anymore. That's just not the truth. Uh, right. But uh, carry on. <laughs> no, no, that's, 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 that's the truth. And, and it's, it, you'd be foolish to also say that Nolan Ryan didn't have the same thing uh, with JD back then. And he kind of had the, a little bit of a little bit of a rain on him. And the, the, the big splash stuff and the big money and the big long years, not necessarily the money, but it was mainly years when it came to Nolan Ryan and signing free agents or, or trading for guys that you didn't see that happen. It was very calculated. And then the instant that he walks out the door, you see the Prince Fielder trade who the who the Rangers were interested in two years prior to that, but the Tigers ended up throwing nine years at him and the Rangers flat out said they weren't going to go above six with a, with an option for a seventh. So two years later, the Nolan gets the boot and he trades Ian Kinsler, who's already a Ranger legend for that contract with, with Prince Fielder. And that's just one. And then you have the Shinsu Chu contract that same off season. There's just a litany of them then. And there was a litany of them before then. And I mean, I've got, I've got a lot of examples I can use, but uh, I, I would like to, to hear. Well, number one, I, I'll let you go ahead and state what, what brought this up. Cause we, there's no way we're going to have this argument on Twitter. You know how that gets with. People. <laughs> uh, so that's why I asked if you come on and we could have it, we could have a good argument about it, but uh, go ahead and state why I, I'll state why why we, this brought up got brought up was because you you made the comment and and I do partially agree with it that you know everything is blamed on James John Daniels whenever things are wrong and anything that good happened is that is happening is Chris Young's it's it's Chris Young's credit so kind of kind of go with uh, what what you think about that. Well, I mean, that, that comment, whenever I make it, is primarily hyperbole. Uh, let's, I will be honest with that. It just, it, it does seem like since there is another guy at the helm now, that anything that good happens now, people who have not liked JD for a long time now have somebody to put the good credit on because they don't want to give JD credit because it's like, it's the same thing with politics. Once you're on one side, you cannot say anything good about the other side. If you're already on the anti-JD bandwagon, majority of people who are going to stay on that bandwagon are just going to be like, okay, well, something good happened. You know, it's got to be because of Chris Young. Something bad happens. Oh, well, you know, JD is still pulling the strings somehow, but, you know, and to be fair, I'm going to talk about the structure of, of the front office really quick. I asked JD specifically about this, especially around the trade deadline, because obviously they made a couple of really big decisions. The biggest one, obviously, trading Joey Gallo. And so I, I even asked him, and now I asked him in a, in a way, you know, like, what's the balance been like? What's the dynamic been like between you and Chris Young this year? And he came back and he said, listen, we've always had a really good team. Uh, and uh, really, there's been it, 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 it that pretty much every decision that is made is a team effort. 
he's involved. Chris Young is involved. Josh Boyd, Mike Daly. At when when Shiraz Raymond was there, Shiraz uh, had a say. Um, the entire front office, especially the the, the GM group. You know, we're talking president of baseball operations, general manager, all the assistant GMs. Um, you know, you're talking about your senior directors uh, of their departments. You know, Kip Fagan, obviously in the, in the scouting department, and so on and so forth. Um, th- they all have a say, and they all bounce things off of one another. It's not one guy running you know, rough shot, you know, calling, calling the shots and, and running things, you know, it's not a dictatorship. It is a, it is a group effort. So, um, now you can talk about influence and a really good example of that where Chris Young does get credit is he did play a role in getting Jack Leiter to come to Texas in the draft. He absolutely played a role. I wrote about that. I mean, that, that's, that is factual. I my job is facts. I like to look at okay, what can I tangibly put my, put my hands on? What can I put my fingers on when it comes to? And so that's why when people are want to blame JD or blame ownership. First off, let's get the ownership thing out of the way. People who say ownership doesn't spend money, man, go, go look at payroll one when they contended uh, twenty ten to twenty seventeen. Go look at how payroll increased because it went insanely up. Uh, during that time, and by by the time twenty seventeen rolled around, and they were ready to. Um, they were ready to to to, to try to continue, keep that window open. I even had even had somebody say they didn't add anything after the 2016 season where they had the best record in the American League. Man, they had the sixth highest pay- payroll in baseball. They had 175 million dollar payroll. That's not that is absolutely that's the most money the Rangers have ever spent on a team. Don't don't tell me that the Rangers didn't try that year. It just the window closed, and once the window closed. You know, uh, they they stopped spending money because it was time to rebuild. Now, where I think shared blame comes when it comes to ownership, when it comes to JD, is they did not start rebuilding soon enough, like really rebuilding, like tear it down, build from scratch. Now, that would have meant trading Adrian Beltre in 2018 because they should have started rebuilding in 18. Um, that would have meant trading Adrian Beltre, and that would have come with a, a very, very good amount of, of pushback uh, from Rangers fans. But if you're going to rebuild, you sell all your veterans that you can, and you start restocking that farm system. And now, when it's 2021, we're talking about, okay, maybe next year, they're going to be ready to compete. They're going to be ready to contend. But they played in the middle. They have a new ballpark coming up. Try to stay afloat. Try to be able to compete for wildcard spots. Didn't work out. Obviously, they ran into some bad luck with Corey Kluber and, and different things like that. Um, but that's the, that's the hand they were dealt. And so, and so now they're doing the right thing. When it comes to blame for JD, um, just really quick so, so you can have a turn again because I've already been, been kind of going. Uh, a lot of the, the times when GMs make moves, we want to concentrate on it, – it, it's always – like hindsight is twenty twenty. And even at the time when the Prince Fielder and now granted I wasn't covering the team at the time, uh, but even at the time when when the when the Prince Fielder trade happened, you saw like any any Rangers fan usually saw the logic behind it. Jerks and Profar, the number one prospect in baseball, is about to is about to be uh, uh, coming up um, in Jerks and Profar. So okay, now you can have a second baseman next to Elvis Andrews. We need somebody at first base. Okay, let's move Ian Kinsler off of second base, put Profar there. Prince Fielder can play first base. We have Adrian Beltre at third base. Hypothetically, on paper, that's an amazing infield. Obviously, with how everything panned out, 
with Prince Fielder's injury, with everything like that, it didn't work out. With Profar and his injuries, which were even worse than what happened with Fielder, um, it just didn't work out. It didn't pan out. Do we say that JD's a bad GM because of it? I don't, because that that same thing when, when you traded for Jonathan Lucroy, you traded for the best catcher in the the best catcher available. That's what you do. You're, when you're trying to add to a contender, you're trying to keep that window open. You trade for really good players. You, they did that. It didn't work out. Then the, then they had to rebuild. That's just, just that's just part of it. Some some of those deals end up working out. Some of those deals don't. The Cliff Lee deal, some, an injury could have happened. Then all of a sudden, he's not helping the team uh, go to the World Series. Well, that didn't happen. Obviously, he stayed healthy. He pitched well enough, and then he was a, he was uh, masterful in in both the ALDS and the ALCS. Um, sometimes those deals work out. Sometimes they don't. It's just part of it's part of the job. Uh, if any, it, I mean, so when we talk about like JD is the one to be at fault. Does he have his faults over the years? Yes, absolutely. Is he partially responsible for where they are now? Yes, absolutely. Should he be fired? Absolutely not. I am not of an advocate of that. And I, I, again, I'm a person who likes to put my fingers on facts. Um, I don't believe in curses. <laughs> so that that's just, that's kind of where, where I'm at with that. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have the floor now. Yeah. I'm, I'm starting to believe in the Nolan Ryan curse just because I wrote about it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, I think with my, with my contention of, of JD getting a lot of the blame uh, with me now, now again, I'm not the guy on Twitter that's just going to spout a bunch of stuff just because I'm a Nolan Ryan guy. No, I have, my educated reasons and it started before Nolan ever got there with the Alfonso story. I mean, immediately when JD got the job in 2006, the Alfonso Soriano trade to the nationals for Brad Wilkerson and Tamel sledge in Armando Galarraga. And then sending Adrian Gonzalez and guess who <laughs> Rangers GM, Chris Young, to the Padres for Adam Eaton and Nakinori Atsuka. That, I mean, you're trading one of the biggest. He, I can't, I don't know what the, the ranking was at the time, but Adrian Gonzalez is well known all around, all around the league as an up and coming power hitting first base prospect who could play really good first base. And that that's what started it for me. And then Brandon McCarthy to the to the White Sox, or I'm sorry, from the White Sox, and you sent away John Danks, who you had touted for years. We'd heard Danks' name for years, and before he even touches an MLB mound, he gets sent for a guy that's older than he is, and he had not had yet proven himself. So so many confusing moves, and then you lead up to Nolan coming in and. All of a sudden, it seemed like there was a, a culture change the instant that happened. And then whenever Nolan left, the culture went back to the way it was before, in my mind, in my eyes. So that culture left. And it, I don't I don't know. I just it just seemed like it never was able to get back to that. Now, I also give J.D. I'm sorry, Nolan credit, because whenever he got the job, he, he was expected by everybody around baseball. All the all the scribes and, and everything you're hearing is Nolan Ryan's going to fire John Daniels. and He's going to get rid of Ron Washington and bring in all his own people. And he didn't. He said, no, I'm going to we're going to go into 2007. I'm sorry, 2008 and see what happens and, and give them a, give them a chance 
for my own eyes to see what happens. And he stuck with them even after they started that 2008 season horrifically. And they're everybody's just, again, riding Ron Washington's done. And now he stuck with him. And next thing you know, things turn around with the, with that presence. And that's where I, that's where I come in is that JD, JD could have not even been the Rangers GM in 2008. John, uh, Nolan Ryan could have easily just fired him and, and done his thing and brought in his own people, which he did, but he brought them in in, in trusted positions around the team and not that, that big figurehead area and decision-making area. And again, kind of, kind of held the reins a little bit on, on JD still let him do his thing. But at the same time, those massive deals—the the, the seven years for Shinsu Chu that would pay that paid him until he was thirty-eight, and the, the, obviously the the fielder deal—that it was just really the length of those deals. They just don't seem realistic with all the money involved. And I think that's where that's where my contention comes. That yeah, JD has has a lot of blame there. And like you said, the 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 restart here, the rebuild that we're seeing now. Should have been done at least two years ago. I can I could understand riding out that Beltray season and letting him get those three three thousand hits in a Rangers uniform. But after oh, that, the 17, 17 for sure. Keep seventeen, there, seventeen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eighteen was the year that they should have. Okay, yes, we got to yes. we got to we got to tear it down. Yeah, it was absolutely. Right after that, it's got to go. And two years too late, and now they're having to to kind of absolve and absorb a lot of those mistakes, which I think they've done a great job of this year. They really have. They've made moves and, and opened things up. And I can, but my contention is though, I can still see why people get upset with that. The instant Nolan left, things went back to the way they were. It felt now yeah, that he does deserve a lot of credit. Uh, the Josh Hamilton deal that happened under, under his guys in 2008. And he sent Edinson Volquez. And that's another trade that I, that I've talked about with Ben too, is that's, that was kind of a, buy low deal kind of a no-brainer for both of those teams if because think about it if you're the reds you've got josh hamilton who just came up and he's just coming off of his you know drug drug addiction issues and all that kind of stuff you don't know if there's a relapse around the corner and the rangers had had edinson volquez and he's a highly touted prospect who was hitting rock bottom and so if you're the reds do you make that deal oh no if i'm the reds yeah like i yeah yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah it, it was it was a good it was a good deal for both sides because Volquez ended up working out, and then obviously Hamilton did everything that he did, so that was a good deal mm-hmm. for both sides. It was just a change of scenery for for you know one of those good deals. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, my contention is is just the way things were beforehand and drastically changed while Nolan was there, and then after he left, immediate turnaround to back the way it was beforehand. And it doesn't seem it just didn't feel to have changed the way JD did business anymore. So that's where I can understand where people would be frustrated and still going back to the Nolan thing um, with me, honestly, it we're past that. I mean, that's that's seven years ago, but I, I still I still give give Nolan most of the credit for then John Daniels does deserve some. But Nolan also deserves credit for all the success that Daniels has had after he left, too, because, again, he could not be here, period, if, if no one would have pulled the plug. Yeah. So the, the one thing about uh, like the timing and how everything worked out is either with the Rangers, you know, kind of going back down a little bit and that or, or with the Astros, you know, because a lot of people go, oh, no one goes to the Astros and then the Astros start doing well. Well, the Astros were already trending up. They were stockpiling. They were they were doing everything that, that, that they were going to be uh 
they were already in, in the process of acquiring all the players that, that would end up playing a role. Uh, and obviously that started, uh, you know, they, they started competing, you know, not long after that. <clears throat> and, and, and there's even, and I would probably buy into this, that the 2015 and 2016 teams kind of overachieved. Uh, 2015, they didn't even win 90 games and won the division. Uh, 2016, yes, they had the best rec- record in the American League. But go back and look at the expected win win loss for that season, and look at how many one run games they won. Oh yeah, the one run games. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you're 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 looking at uh, that. That was those were two teams that I I believe overachieved, and that's not anything against, against Jeff Bannister or the players. I'm not saying they weren't good teams, but they weren't of the same caliber of the 2010, 2011, or 2012 teams. Um, they they. <laughs> I almost feel like I think some Rangers fans probably wishes that wish that they didn't do so well in those seasons because then they would have had the chance to because usually when it comes to your contention window, if you're not a big market team, like I'm gonna say big market, I mean LA, New York, Chicago, Boston, like if you're outside of that, if you can build a, a window that lasts five years, that is a good length of time. You know, you're talking and we're talking 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, that's already four years. And then 2014, they probably still could have had it, but then obviously they got bitten by the worst injury bug of all time. And and so they kind of kept that open. And then, you know, obviously the back-to-back dividend titles. I, The way I kind of look at it, the Rangers were already kind of trending down when Nolan left. Kind of already on that. They weren't completely on the way down. Uh, but when Nolan, when, when Nolan left and ended up going to Houston, the Rangers were already kind of... They, they were kind of over the curve a little bit when it came to the, if you look at it like a, like a bell graph or something like that, like it's, it's kind of starting to go on that downward slope a little bit while the Astros were then starting to go up the bell curve. We could say that timing was coincidence. We could say that timing was just, okay, that's just the way it ends up working out because look at the time of, of the, it's not like the Rangers window was just opening. Like they were a few years removed, you know, going into 2015, they were still a few years removed from their last world series appearance. Uh, and really their last real i mean other than a one game wild card their last playoff appearance i mean they hadn't even made it past a one game wild card at that point uh since since the world series um so they were kind of already on that way down obviously they needed to do something uh and again that's where we that's where we can talk about okay they took too long to rebuild and that i think is the biggest legitimate gripe i'm not saying there 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 are no other gripes and yes there are definitely some some head scratching trades then you look at the nelson cruz trade and you're like how in the heck did you pull that off uh or you look at the fact that they dfa'd him and he still somehow stayed on the roster and you're like okay you got a little lucky with that one uh there are different situations where he looked brilliant or just the, the the decisions looked brilliant. Some head scratching trades, and then some kind of lucky trades, and then also some unlucky trades. I mean, I, I kind of chalk Prince Fielder more into the unlucky trade more than a badge trade. Uh, I didn't like trading trading Ian Kinsler. Ian Kinsler is an amazing player in Rangers history. To have happened what happened, I don't think. Yes, there were definitely concerns about health, but for it to go to the point where it went. I don't know if it, anybody really foresaw that, that he would be done playing baseball in before 2016 was over. So th- that that's that's kind of where I put and, and honestly, everything I'm saying, good, good trades, bad trades, some lucky trades, some unlucky trades. That just sounds like a, a general like a baseball GM. That, that's just what it sounds like to me. It doesn't sound like 
add to that that yes there are other people involved in, in decision making just like there are right now and i think that's why the rangers are in a, in a better place now because there are more voices in that have that have a, a say in things and and i think that's where baseball should be anyway there shouldn't be one guy just calling the shots and i think even john daniels was, was aware of that and and said okay yeah we need to we need to bring somebody else in here because he was the president and the gm you know up until you know this past year when they hired Chris Young, and he's the one who helped decide make that decision. Okay, I'll move into a president. I'll keep my president role, but let's actually hire hire an actual GM. Like he helped make that decision. He helped with it. This isn't ownership telling him you have to do this or you're fired. This is him sitting down with ownership and being like discussing it out and being like, yeah, this is probably the best decision for the for the organization going forward to have another strong inf- influential voice, especially when you have somebody with the really good mind like Chris Young has at your disposal and willing to come come to texas so again good decisions being made to also help transition out of a bad out of a bad stage um again you're never gonna you're never gonna hear me say that jd is without blame he absolutely deserves some blame and he'll admit that he'll absolutely admit that he admitted that about the rignetto door contract he said it's quick to sign him and i take responsibility for that contract you know he's he's willing to take on take the, the fair share of blame, but is he the the main perpetrator here? I I don't think so. I don't think there's ever really unless you, your name is Jeff Bredick and you're the Rockies GM who trades Nolan Arenado for nothing and then leaves afterward. Unless your name is Jeff Bredick, it's it's hard to find one guy really responsible for a situation like like the one the Rangers are in. I think there's plenty of blame to go around. I think ownership has their their faults as well. Not spending is not one of them, but I think maybe pressure to want to contend a little longer uh, is probably one, especially when a new ballpark is about to open up. Yeah, you can't do that. If you need to rebuild, you need to rebuild. There's no playing in the middle. And John Daniels has even spoken about that this year. You can't play in the middle. You gotta be like you gotta have to fully commit one way or the other. You're either contending or you're rebuilding. There's no in the middle. So. I give him credit for that. I give him credit for a lot of things. I also make sure that, you know, he deserves the blame that he deserves. And again, he's admitted a lot of that blame. That's where I'm at. I'm I'm good. And I also want to say I've never rooted against John Daniels, and I right. will not. Because if you're rooting against John Daniels, you're rooting against the Rangers and their success, their possible success. So, and I also won't say that he gets all the blame for any of it. And, yeah. you know, he deserves, he deserves, what well, can I say, most of it sometimes? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and I, I just feel, I just, that's just how I feel back in 2014. But yes, we are in 2021. And I know it's time to pass, <laughs> pass that on, especially if you've been paying attention over the past few years and the complete 180 they've, they've done, especially in drafting and the way they're looking at, the player way they're looking at rebuilding, yeah, player development, all that kind of stuff. You can't if you're just too blind to that, then then that's your own problem. And say so that in, that stuff even happened before Chris Young got here because they overhauled yeah. player development in 2018. So yep. yeah, that in 2018, and then you have Josh Young, and you have like you know those those times guys, and focusing on getting three year three year college guys that have got some already. It's already had some uh, some developmental stuff happening in the college level. So and Jack Leiter, I mean, there you go. And uh, yeah, so that's how, ladies and gentlemen, that's how you have a non-Twitter honest <laughs> conversation by people that are standing on two sides of the two sides of the coin. There, Chris, we appreciate your time. Sorry we took so much of it. I wasn't planning on taking this much of your your off night. You're good. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, that was Chris Halleck from Inside the Rangers and CJ going at it. That was pretty fun. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I should have gone in there with some more animosity to start just to make it just to make it sound. But no, we I think we both knew going in that uh, it was going to be a civil conversation at two people that actually 
have paid attention to what's been going on and have yeah. legit arguments. For hey, I greatly side, enjoyed so. sitting back and just listening to it. So I think hey. we're gonna, I think we're going to split this into the questions and then the John Daniels thing, because this one is now 47 minutes long. So I think yeah. we're going to split it and that'll be fun. I'll air Sunday. We'll air the conversation about John Daniels. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. That was a lot of fun. CJ having Chris on. Oh, it's it's a joy every time. And and like like I said on our last podcast previous to this one on Thursday, Chris is one of the most genuine guys that we that we can have that you could ask for to come on a podcast because he doesn't hold anything back and he brings he gives us everything that he knows and everything that we ask. He, he it's very in depth and very knowledgeable and very factual as the word as he likes to use. And, and he's certainly that. If you're not following him on Twitter, if you use the Twitter or if you're not reading his stuff, uh, it's, you're just doing yourself a disservice. And if you're not paying attention to his his podcast as well as at the North Texas Nine, correct? Yeah, it's yeah. Get on, start following along with with what what Chris is doing. He's he's bringing the heat as far as knowledge bomb goes. All right, don't forget to go to Waltons.com and use the code Rangers15 to get 15% off your first order there. And uh, thanks again to Chris Halleck, CJ. Thanks for. Uh, getting them on so we could have that little argument there. That was a whole lot of fun. And uh, we will talk to you guys next time. With that, dropping the deuces. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.